0: I have with me in the studio Professor Anthony Harnden, who is a professor of primary care and a practicing GP at Oxford. He's here to talk to us about Kawasaki as a disease that's often easily missed on first presentation in primary care. Anthony, welcome to this BNJ podcast. Thank you. Now, tell us first of all what Kawasaki disease actually is, because many listeners might not have heard of it or may not be terribly familiar with what it is.
1: Well Kawasaki disease is an acute inflammatory vasculitis actually mainly of medium-sized arteries that occurs in children approximately six months to five years but can occasionally occur outside that age range and even in adults. Uh, the key thing, though, that's interesting about Kawasaki disease is that it, it presents with fever and rash. And, of course, we see many children in primary care with fever and rash.
0: And that means it's often presumably easily missed. Um, are there any other reasons for it being missed?
1: Um, I think mainly it's the prevalence of fever and rash in primary care due to other causes that are uh, often uh, makes uh, doctors diagnose viral illness rather than Kawasaki disease. However, there are a few key things about Kawasaki disease that that an astute GP would pick up on um, and think about. For instance, um, these children are often highly febrile and the fever goes on for longer than five days, which is unusual in most uh, other viral conditions. Um, They're often quite irritable. Uh, and they have a constellation of symptoms and signs which no doubt you're going to ask me about.
0: Yes, we'll move on to that later. Um, Why does it matter though if the diagnosis is missed? Uh,
1: Well, the key thing uh, about, um, the key importance about not missing a diagnosis of Kawasaki disease is that Kawasaki disease uh, is the commonest cause of acquired heart disease in children in the Western world. And uh, that there is an intervention, i.e., immunoglobulins, that are given, if given within the first 10 days of the illness presenting, can prevent um, coronary artery aneurysms and subsequent uh, acquired heart disease from developing.
0: Okay, and you said that it is the commonest cause of acquired. Coronary artery disease in children, or heart disease in children, in the um, developed world. Mm. Uh, how common is it exactly? Just ballpark figures.
1: Well, it, it, it's it, it's uncommon. I mean, it, it, the the incidence in the UK is about eight and a half per hundred thousand children. However, um, it is uh, it is more common in other ethnic groups and. Uh, for instance, in Japan, uh, they report incidence figures of uh, in the region of two hundred and forty per hundred thousand children.
0: Mm, so that's quite a big difference. Does this change for children who may have migrated from Japan and then come to live in England, for instance?
1: Well, um, there is there is data on that, but limited. More, more data, of course, because more Japanese. Um, actually immigrate to the United States uh, and there is data to show that the instance uh, 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 holds up in the United States ie for instance in Hawaii um, the instance is about 200 in Japanese American children uh, compared to about 13 of Americans children in Hawaii Mm
0: -hmm. and I understand the um, cause, the exact cause of Kawasaki disease isn't entirely clear
1: either. No, m- many, and there's been a huge amount of research trying to uh, find this elusive cause. Um, uh, we've actually done some some interesting data looking at different uh, viral diseases. I mean, there was one for instance, uh, hypothesis that adenovirus precipitation Kawasaki disease, but we have found no evidence of that. It is almost probably a multifactorial infectious disease triv- trigger um, in, in a genetically susceptible child and, and causes a huge inflammatory cascade uh, due to their genetic susceptibility. So I doubt, although maybe I'm sticking my neck out a bit here, but I doubt that we will find one unified viral trigger.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, moving on to clinical diagnosis, which you alluded to earlier, you mentioned high fever, usually for more than five days. What are the other f- clinical features of Kawasaki
1: disease? Well, it's, it's a little bit like rheumatic fever in that you really have to have, for full Kawasaki disease, you have to have a major criteria, which is fever of greater than 39 for at least four days, and you have to have four of other 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 uh, five other cardinal features, and those cardinal features are uh, bilateral non-executive non, um, uh, non-executive um, conjunctivitis uh, this viral rash or, or polymorphous exanthema, uh, you need to have changes in the extremities, um, often this is what people remember the peeling of the palms and soles, or um, edema of the feet, or a little bit of uh, peeling of the um, of the fingers, but but actually these changes often occur late. The other key changes are uh, changes to the oral uh, pharyngeal mucosa. You might have red lips, fissured lips, strawberry tongue, for instance. Uh, and and the other, the last feature is cervical lymphadenopathy, and this is usually unilateral and greater than 1.5 centimetres. So, so classical Kawasaki disease is, just to recap, is fever and four of the five cardinal features, although there is a thing called incomplete Kawasaki disease as well.
0: And presumably that is, uh, those are cases where there's a high index of suspicion, but they don't meet all of those criteria.
1: Yeah, and the the problem with that is that incomplete chalosarcal disease is usually fever plus three or less than the other features. But the problem with incomplete chalosarcal disease is they have a much higher incidence eventually of developing coronary artery aneurysms. And we're not sure whether this is because it is a slightly different illness or whether it is because of delayed diagnosis.
0: That is interesting. So let's move on then to um, uh, diagnostic testing. Are there any tests available for Kawasaki disease?
1: Uh, the the short answer is no. There's no definitive test. Though, of course, uh, these children have hugely raise, raised uh, inflammatory markers Um, and other blood features suggestive of an overwhelming infection. So they will have a a, a leukocytosis neutrophilia, they'll have a a raised platelet cell count. Um, But often these things are really not helpful diagnostically, it really is predominantly a clinical diagnosis. Mm,
0: Okay and what is the role of echo then you've mentioned that a lot of um, uh, uh, serious uh, a lot of the sequelae involve the coronary arteries um would people would children who are suspected of having kawasaki disease routinely have an echocardiogram or should they uh
1: the answer to that is yes um going back to the easily missed theme. Uh, this is this is a condition which is both easily missed in primary and secondary care. The key thing in secondary care, when we're talking about echoes and things, the key thing is to give these children immunoglobulins whether they have an echo or not. But certainly any child that has immunoglobulins uh, should receive an echocardiogram. And the, the timing of that, um, I would defer to my cardiologist colleagues, but I do believe that uh, these coronary artery aneurysms can develop quite late And so uh, it's important to have an echocardiogram not only at presentation, but at two weeks later, and and probably sequential ones up to six months.
0: Okay. Now let's talk about the aim of uh, identifying these cases, and that is, of course, to uh, start treatment. Um, you've You've mentioned immunoglobulins. How are these given?
1: Uh, immunoglobulins are given intravenously and, and often um, alongside associated aspirin and um, in some cases in some countries they give corticosteroids as well.
0: Okay and there is evidence that they reduce the risk of getting a coronary artery aneurysm later on?
1: Oh yes there's, there's very strong trial evidence that um, that intravenous uh, immunoglobulins reduce the risk of coronary artery aneurysms from about 25% to 5% or less.
0: Okay. Now, you also mentioned uh, some of the... um, Uh, precautions that need to be taken into account uh, when children have been given immunoglobulins such as the use of live vaccines. Would you like to elaborate because these will be important for um, GPs to keep in mind?
1: Yes, um, you you should certainly after the uh, administration of immunoglobulins uh, delay live vaccines such as uh, the MMR vaccine for a number of months after treatment um, um, and um, uh, I think you don't have to worry so much about um, the illness being contagious because there's very little evidence that it is contagious, uh, and of course recurrence is is, is rare as well. But um, but um, these children actually, interestingly, sometimes have behavioural changes and w- which are associated both with hospital admission and with their their the, the nature of their illness, and, and often there are. Uh, ongoing uh, family issues after the diagnosis which just need careful handling.
0: Hmm. Okay well Anthony thank you for that useful update on Kawasaki disease. Uh, To summarize, you uh, are recommending that anyone faced with a young child who is quite irritable and has a high and prolonged fever for at least four days, um, who may also have the other features of Kawasaki disease, such as uh, a rash or a change in their extremities, including erythema of hands and feet, uh, or peeling of the skin there, um, as well as changes to the lips and oral cavity, and of course, cervical lymphadenopathy, uh, we would be... Are uh, well advised to immediately refer to the hospital for further tests?
1: Yes, I, I, I think to get it into context, it is a rare disease, but it is a rare disease that is important to to uh, for GPS to identify. And I think if they have any suspicion that this is slightly unusual, uh, this isn't a common fever and rash that the child is more irritable than one would it, they would usually expect. And I don't think there's anything lost by a referral. And I think the hospital paediatricians, likewise, um, if they consider that Kawasaki disease is a possibility, would be well advised to give immunoglobulin.
0: Anthony, thank you for your time.